Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Now, clear the track. Here comes Lack. Let's head down to Phoenix now. How about that? Goaltending, it's like the most important decision you have, right? And that's one that you can't afford to mess up with. If I were Vancouver, of course, I would re-sign my best player. Marky has just shown so much growth and like really, really shown that he can play like a ton of games and play at a really high level, right? This is the Rod Peterson Show. It is Good Day Canada and Canadian sports fans around the world. It's the second half kickoff and away we go into the pool. RP here, Darren Moose, DuPont there. We've been alerted to the fact that it is Tony Saragella's birthday today of the legendary Saragella family. The Saragella Mafia. Nice. I've been regarded as the fifth Saragella brother, so uh, happy birthday, brother Tony. Watching from the energy capital today over in Winnipeg, Gary Lincoln lets us know that from Winnipeg, liked and shared again for hour two. Thank you, Gary. <clears throat> Gary. We've covered a very uh, large amount today. We had Eddie Lack with us in hour one, famed NHL goaltender, um, taco aficionado. And now luxury real estate agent in Phoenix, Arizona. That was an hour one. Coming up this hour, Jason Greger of TSN 1260 to talk about those Edmonton Oilers. And our viewers are jumping in with all kinds of comments and questions about that. And I'll read a couple of them. Ian Crosby, the dairy farmer, says, Do the Oilers not need a goalie if they legitimately want to make a cup run? Bad goals and a sub 900 save percentage won't cut it. Just hang on. Brett Taylor says they might need a decor that can provide them the protection they need. They gave up a lot of scoring chances. I've kind of given up on Mike Smith. I was his biggest supporter, so I'm out on that. So over to Darren, because he has a response to the Oilers' goaltending situation. Mike Smith has a 934 save percentage, and he's 5-0. and So I think you're okay so far. Yeah. But I get the long-term kind of. If you, if you ask Mike Smith to play 40 or 50 games... Over time, it's probably not going to stay there, but the sample size is good yeah. so far. From the Puck and Pigskin podcast in Alberta, says, okay, I missed it. How Darren got the nickname Moose. Can you catch me up? Moose DuPont. Google it. Mm-hmm. It's The age of our viewers is really coming through, isn't it? They're not oh, yeah. aware of anything that happened before their birth. No. And let me just say, it is the 44th anniversary of the release of the movie Slapshot. It is so much and by far my favorite movie, but also my favorite sports movie that when people ask, what's the greatest sports movie of all time? I don't even answer it anymore because it's such, I don't say Slapshot anymore because it's such a given. I try and think of something else. But anyways, from uh, Robin and Prince Albert, he writes in, this young man has had a very trying rookie season. What with the litigation, the notoriety, his subsequent deportation to Canada and that country's refusal to accept him, I guess that's more than most 21-year-olds can handle. Number six, Ogie Oglethor. <laughs> so the poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is, which is your favorite slapshot character? And we could only come up with three We're only allowed three and then an other. And what we came up with was the Hanson brothers, Reg Dunlop, the coach, and Dave Keller Carlson. I thought of Denny Lemieux, the goalie, Jim Carr, the radio broadcaster. But that all could fall under the other, right? The Hanson brothers are watching in the United States. They've retweeted our tweet. 
So they want some help. Do you guys have the results there on Facebook? Would you mind throwing them up? Ah, Facebook's glitching, they say. Facebook's being testy. So no, they don't have. Ah, thank you. Leading are the Hansons. 46% on Twitter. Anyways, let's do the quick six show topics, please, before we get too far derailed. Thank you, Director Jordan. My NHL leftovers, I'm just calling it up. I'm not being rude here. NHL leftovers from Wednesday night. The Leafs better win the Stanley Cup. They beat the Flames last night 2-1 in overtime. Look great doing it. They're the number one team in Canada right now. They're off to their second best start in franchise history. You could legitimately say this is the best Leafs team ever. So now you better win a Stanley Cup. You've proven you can win in the regular season. I'm never going to take my foot off the gas with this hockey team, just so you know. And when I was defending them the other night, I didn't honestly really mean it. I was just playing when I said they were undermanned. Did you see the reaction from people on that? Oh, yeah. They were like, not you too. No, no, no. TSN and Sportsnet Leaf lovers, not the RP show. I wasn't serious. I'm never going to let them off the hook. Second leftover. Habs should retire, should hire, not retire. They did that once. They did that once. How'd that work out? Uh, Patrick Waugh. I think they should hire Patrick Waugh as their head coach. But as you said, he might want to be the GM, and that's a no-go. My next leftover is um, the Avs are in sixth. Has anybody noticed? In the Honda West division with a 594 winning percentage, just putting that out there, just stating fact. I said the Anaheim Ducks are the Regina Pats south. And they need more of them. Josh Mahura and Sam Steele hooking up on a goal last night in Arizona, but it wasn't enough for them to win. And my last leftover is, that's the same Anton Hudobin as the Saskatoon Blades 16 years ago? The guy that shut out the Florida Panthers last night with a 43-save shutout? He didn't play like that in junior. But what he's proving is that you do get better the older you get as a goaltender. There's no two ways about that. So that's my NHL leftovers. Moving on, NHL.com's top five from their power rankings of 16. I've written down the top five teams. NHL.com has them as Boston, Tampa Bay, Vegas, Toronto, and Florida. Point three of the quick six is the RP show bottom five. The worst team in the NHL is the Detroit Red Wings. The second worst team is Ottawa. Third worst, Vancouver. Fourth worst, Nashville. Fifth worst, the Buffalo Sabres. See if that changes in a week. Point four, Clash of the Titans at the Scotties today. Team Ontario versus Team Canada. They will close out the round robin. Einerson versus Holman. But they've already clinched playoff spots. Um, Point five is the CFL return to play. And I'm going to roll this out, Darren, as the CFL report today. Okay? Yep. The CFL, I'm reading from Canadian Press, the CFL faces more challenges in its planned return for 2021 than it did last year when it was forced to cancel its season. The CFL and its Players Association continue working on their return-to-play protocols. On Wednesday night, the union said in a memo to its members that the updated plan would be available for submission by week's end. In the memo, it said... Having a union, sorry, having a government-approved plan that outlines how we will keep players association members, team staff, game staff, and communities safe and protected from virus spread is an important and required first step we must take alongside the CFL in order to play a safe 2021 season. The plan was created in partnership with the CFL office and with advice and input from trusted medical experts who have helped other professional leagues safely return to play, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, and MLS. The CFL has released a 21 schedule with the expectation of training camps opening in May. The first exhibition game is slated for May 23rd. That's the CFL report that we do every day. Today, it's not about transactions. It's not about hirings or firings or layoffs. It's about the CFL's return to play. And I think we're 11 months into this. We're all tired of the bunk and the poppycock. We want a yes or a no, but the CFL can't give you a yes or a no. Based on what I just read, Darren, will it be up to the government? Because I hear that a lot. It'll be up to the government whether the CFL plays. Or will it be up to the CFL? What do you say? It'll be up to the CFL. It will be. I mean, obviously, it'll be up to both of them because what do we need to do? Work together, right? We don't have enough working together in this country, and we need more of it. But it'll be up to the CFL to have the plan in place that is acceptable for the government. The government won't say... 
you know, um, won't determine if they can play. The plan that the CFL puts together will determine if they can play. Because we know the government's already approved sports at multiple levels to play. So your plan just has to fit that. You have to be willing. I'm uh, following it like everybody else. Jeff, the Stamps fan, mentioning yesterday that Rod said they will play. Rod said they won't play. That way he can guarantee he'll be right. This isn't a game. I'm following the same thing that you guys are. I don't have any inside info. And by the way, it's very hard to make a prediction when you don't know the truth. You don't know all the factors. I mean, one team said that they were going to be out of money by last September, that they were going to be bankrupt. And here we are, end of February, and they're still going. So as long as the CFL teams have the money to pay their staff and roll, they can sit and afford to wait this out. I guess that's what it is, the world's longest rain delay. But I don't know all the factors. Like in the, the recovery coaching world that I work in, we often say, I need to know every detail of your story here before we can get better. If you're going to withhold things from me, I can't help you, right? Because, and inevitably, there's a truck coming from your blind side, boom, that, you, that they didn't tell you. And that's kind of where we're at, I feel, with the Canadian Football League. I don't know all the factors. They're not giving us all the factors. So I can't give you any prediction on whether they're going to play or not. I'm just being honest with you. Yeah. And the football guys that I'm talking to, there are guys taking jobs in other leagues, lesser leagues. And I think that's the one thing that I wanted to point out this morning. I talked to a guy today in Florida, and I just said, you know, maybe take a job at this lesser league, lesser level, until this is all sorted out. And he's like, I'm afraid that we're never going back to what it was. So the guys are really, uh, they're panicking. They're panicking. Why wouldn't they be panicking, Darren? And then with these, actually, I'm going to dovetail this into point six of the quick six. It's the WHL trade deadline today and the Canadian Junior Hockey League trade deadline day today, which is a clerical thing. Like, I don't really think anybody's going to be play, uh, traded in the Western League, but what the GMs in the Junior A are trying to do is move their 20-year-olds to leagues that are playing because they're playing in Alberta, they're playing in the Maritimes, they're not playing in BC, they're not playing in Manitoba, they're not playing in Saskatchewan, and I think it's highly admirable that these leagues are doing it for the players. They're not doing it for themselves. I think at the end of the day, that's what the CFL is trying to do too, but it's far different. It's, it's, it's far different. And I guess, Darren, you know, one thing of the many that we've learned in the pandemic is there isn't a lot of empathy out there. The Joe Blow doesn't care about the 20-year-old hockey player or Sally Q Public doesn't care. No. Doesn't mean that they don't matter but people just don't care. At least they didn't die. Okay, their career's over, but hey, at least they didn't get the virus. Can you imagine if the teams felt that way? I know, right? It would be devastating. It's very scary, very scary. I mean, big picture, it's not a big deal. I mean, big picture, but when you're 19 or 20 years old, it's a big deal. It's a whole year. I mean, that's a massive amount. That's, you know... um, 5% 5% of your life, the wow, one year. Exactly. 5%, that's incredible, right? So it is a big deal. But, um, yeah, I, I just want to get things sorted out. I Checking really in uh, with some of the viewers here. Jeff Stamp says, maybe the CFL has a plan, but purposely keep us in the dark to create debate and dialogue. Do you think they're that crafty? I don't believe that that's the case. Chris Bird says, I agree. We even need the Thai Cats for it to be the CFL. It just wouldn't be the same without them. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What did I miss in the comments section? Who's, who's talking with the Thai Cats going anywhere? Not only when the CFL comes back, will we all have nine teams. We might have ten with the Atlantic Schooners. You have your hand in the we air. we got breaking news. What's the breaking news? The CEBL has announced their 21 schedule. Nice. The Canadian Elite Basketball League. Just minutes ago. Um, so that's big. And an innovative ticket protection plan for season ticket holders. So I'll try and just give you the Coles notes. Unveiled a 21 regular season schedule Thursday. It's a 14-game slate reduced from 20. Pushed back from mid-May start to June 5th to accommodate the possibility of fans being able to attend games in person. So that's pretty exciting. Late August playoff finish um, because most of its players must report to their international pro teams by September. So, June 5th, start date. 
um, and they're going to play in their home cities. Well, I was actually noticing all these transactions that teams are making. I'm like, something's going on here with a CEBL, and bravo to them, and we're going to be giving them a lot of coverage. Their commissioner, of course, is Mike Morielli. He's sat in that chair. Quick, who is the defending champions of the CEBL? I want to say Hamilton. Edmonton Stingers. Oh, yeah. Remember they had the two-week bubble? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got them. I don't like being wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I hooked you. Uh, more from the viewers. Jeff Cabellas in Winnipeg says, the CFL? Crafty? My cat is more crafty. Larry in Medicine Hat says, perhaps the CFL should have an East and West bubble and come together for the Grey Cup. It's like a wave a wand. Let's just put on a bubble in these two cities. They'd have done it. It's highly, highly, highly complicated to do that. But you mentioned the CEBL, by the way. Mm -hmm. So they are going to play no matter what. Just a couple of quick things, because Jason Gregg is ready and connected, and we're going to get to him right after the break. But uh, my mind's all over the place. For one, I was talking to a radio guy in the CFL the other day, a play-by-play guy, and he's, he thinks – that by the summer, the CFL will open the gates and have fans in the stadiums because there will be so much pressure on the government because they're seeing in the states they're opening the doors to 10, 15, 20% to NBA teams now, right? Some NFL teams had it back in their regular season and playoffs. And I said, where's the pressure now? Right? Like, who's going to lead this? Right. I got tired of dropping the flag because I was getting crapped on by health officials, government officials. They're like, Rod, you want to be shut down? Zip. I shut up. Who's going to lead this rally to play? Because so far, nobody has. And then the other thing is, I mentioned the Belly Up Sports Network. It's like the blossoming next bar stool. And these guys and gals, it started with my appearance on the Slapshot Sweethearts podcast 10 days ago. And it's just we get a million miles. We've gone very far, very fast, yes. Darren. So just follow Belly Up Sports. They're in every league. They're in all American markets. They've moved into Canada. And it's, they're working together. They all retweet everybody's stuff. They like everybody's stuff. Ours, theirs. We're doing the same. We're all growing real fast by working together. But in Canada, the leagues don't seem to be working together. And my God, the media damn sure isn't working together because we've tried. You know, some of the Bell people that have lost their jobs, radio stations, it's like, let's form a partnership. Let's work together. No, so, no we're good. And I don't know that that... You know that saying, we're stronger together? That actually works. It's true. So I actually just want to send a shout out to Belly Up Sports because I'm doing these interviews now in Alabama, or uh, Albany, New York, St. Louis, Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, and they want to talk hockey because they don't get hockey coverage down there. They don't get CFL coverage down there. And it's nice to be part of something. So shout out again to Belly Up Sports. Give them a follow. When we come back, Jason Greger from TSN 1260 Edmonton. Lots going on today. It's the RP Show, Game Plus TV Network, live in all 10 provinces and 31 states. Also live daily on YouTube and Facebook. And listen live for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Support for The Rod Peterson Show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Dupes, have I told you about Manscaped? (laughs) You've started to. I've had it for a week. Let me tell you, we've been doing it wrong. We have. Yeah, ask me why. Yeah, why? Because (laughs) I don't know where to start. I used to have to use two razors. Did I tell you that? I was doing an acrobatic act over the toilet and the sink. I had a big hair trimmer. I had a face shaver. None of those were made for below-the-waist grooming. That's a safety hazard. <sighs> don't tell anybody, but I don't have to worry about it anymore because the Lawnmower 3.0 is specifically designed for men's below-the-waist grooming. And your introductory package comes with a pair of boxer briefs, which I gave to you. Yes, not worn, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I pulled them out of the package. When you order yours, you'll get a pair of underwear. This was a large, didn't fit me, so I gave them to you. You're welcome. Thank you. And it also comes with anti-chafing lotion. Where has this been all our lives? I know. So I used to get those nicky things. You must have, too. You <laughs> nick yourself. Yes. And you're bleeding. Doesn't happen. 
because the Lawnmower 3.0 comes with a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Man, Manscaped <laughs> calls them. So, what more do you want to know when you when you use the Lawnmower 3.0? You use the anti-shaving cream. You leave the house feeling like you've just left a spa. The chafing, that's the worst, right? Rubbing between the legs. Anti-chafing lotion, 20% off with the promo code FANSIDED20. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FANSIDED20. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back, everybody. Get to more of your comments in a moment. Just want to remind you that it is the 44th anniversary of the release of the movie Slapshot. Our poll question today is, who's your favorite character? The Hansons, Reg Dunlop, Dave Keller Carlson, or other. And leading the way is the Hansons, but they actually retweeted it. The Hanson brothers did from down in the States. Today. I voted for Reggie Dunlop. Not even the goalie. As we bring in Jason Greger from TSN 1260 Edmonton. You love these polls and things, Greger. Who's your favorite character from Slapshot? Uh, trade me right fucking now. No, that's probably my uh, favorite one, Ron. I say that because if you see behind me, you'll see old Denny right there signed. So that's got to be my favorite guy right there. You've got a Denny's reason. A yeah, you've got a reason. Yeah, yeah, I like Denny too. I'm a goalie guy too. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, apologize, I apologize for swearing, Ron. I apologize. Don't apologize to me. Apologize to the network. I hope we're okay. I'm fine. Hey, let's get serious for a second. The Edmonton Oilers are on the cusp of NHL.com's top five. Have they, Gregor, turned the corner? Are they for real? You know what? I, I think the Oilers are, are for real. I, they obviously had a bad start, um, but the Oilers were a good team last year, and I think that the the four-game collapse against Chicago in the playoffs is really what everybody remembered, and that's what they focused on. And There's no doubt that the Oilers soiled the sheets in those four games, Rod, but if you look in the 71-game in the regular season, they were a good team. And, you know, they still had warts, don't get me wrong. They're not a cup contender, I don't think, just yet. But they're trending in the right direction. Uh, it helps when you don't have to run one goalie into the ground like they did with Miko Koskin. He's not good enough to play without practice time. It's not that he couldn't handle the game load. It's just it's not the rest or fatigue. It's the lack of practice time that cost him. And so Mike Smith comes in, and Mike Smith's been even better than I expected, to be honest. You know, like, I don't think he's going to carry a, a 9.35 save percentage all season long. But... The orders are better there. They've got depth scoring. And when you have two of the top, uh, whatever, you want to argue top three, top four, top five players in the game, you're going to have a chance most nights. And, and that's what the orders have. And I think that the big thing this year has been the emergence of Darnell Nurse on the back end. You know, you need a legit top pair defenseman. And right now, he's not a number one defenseman because he hasn't done it long term, but he's playing like a number one defenseman so far this season. The viewers are asking... If the orders have the goaltending, which you kind of just addressed there, and other than that, the blue line, and that would be a good question to be a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. And I'll be honest, Gregor, they finished number one most points in Canada last year. They're in second place in this Scotia North Division now. I would say why not be a Stanley Cup contender? But how about that blue line? And by the way, where's Ethan Bear? What's the deal on our favorite son from Ochapaway, Saskatchewan? Uh, Ethan Bear, you know, it looked like he was going to play last week. Then he had a setback. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen the highlight, Rob, but he was sitting on the bench and a puck hit him square in the side of the head. And uh, he's had a concussion since then. But he was back skating. I, he, he took some extra time again after the morning skate on Tuesday. He'll skate a little bit later today. And I think he's going to be a game time decision. Obviously, concussions after the setback last week, I think they'll probably be a little bit more cautious, but he's very close. He could play tonight. And you know what? You probably want to slide him back in against Vancouver first game to get some, you know, just a little bit more comfortable rather than when you play the three game set starting on Saturday against the Leafs. But Bear will come in, you know, obviously he'll help the blue line, but Tyson Berry and Darnell Nurse have been good. Adam Larson's really picked up his game. I think the order's defense is good enough because the emergence of Nurse. It's not great, but when I look in their division, like, I think Montreal probably has the best one to five defense core, but they got the worst forwards core, right? And Carey Price isn't playing very well. So, you know, I look at Toronto's defense. Do I think Toronto's defense is any better than Edmonton's? No. Um, Calgary, no. Vancouver, definitely not. Uh, Winnipeg, no. So, you know, to, to win two rounds, and once you're into the, 
to the final, uh, the conference finals, whatever we're going to call them this year, then yeah, I guess you're a cup contender. So I, I think their defense is good enough for sure. It's emerged guys like William Lagason has come in and just been a steady defensive defenseman, which is what they need because the order's biggest weakness for the last few years has been limiting goals against five on five. And it looks like slowly they're starting to improve their rod uh, in their last 10 wins. They've only allowed 14 goals at five on five. So, you know, they, they've been at 2.18 for the last three years to drop down to 1.4 is, is a pretty good one. Now that's obviously not where they're at all year, but they're showing signs of finally figuring it out defensively. I want to ask you some fun questions, but the viewers want to get all serious on us. For instance, Sean Dufour, WHL officiating. I think they call him advisor. Anyways, he's a, he's a dub ref. He says, any inside info on Clefbaum? Yeah, Clefbaum is, is still in Sweden. He really wants to go see the doctor in Cleveland. And, uh, that, you know, he's kind of like a shoulder specialist. I think they're leaning towards surgery, but... Due to COVID and travel restrictions, he hasn't been there yet. And so until he goes and sees this doctor, we won't know. I'm guessing, you know, you're looking at, you know, June, realistically, before maybe May, but probably June before he's going to go see him. And that's going to be the deciding factor here. He's got chronic arthritis in the shoulder. And then the question he's going to have for the doctor is if he has the surgery, does it make it any better? Right, like arthritis really isn't something like you can scrape it away. The doctors have told me, but that doesn't it doesn't cure it, and, and that's the concern. Like Clefbaum was, like he, he talked very openly. Uh, I want to say a month ago about how for him, like just and he doesn't have kids yet, but he'd like to be a father. Like he wants to be able to be a dad and, and pick up your kids and wrestle with your son and you know body slam him and you know have a lot of fun stuff and. Right now, his shoulder's in so much pain, he can't do that. So it's it's not just about playing hockey for Clefbaum. It's more of a lifestyle for him and wanting to be able to, to live without pain. And that surgery, there's no guarantee it'll improve it. And so Clefbaum, you know, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens for the expansion draft, Rod, because the NHL still hasn't ruled yet. Clefbaum might fall into the category of potential career-threatening uh, injury. Then the orders wouldn't have to protect him. Right? They couldn't be playing. And so that would help them on the back end. But he, if they deem that he has to be protected, and then he goes and let's say he's going to have shoulder surgery, and that means he's probably not ready until December at the earliest again, and it might not fix it, I'm not sold the orders will protect him with the emergence of some other defensemen. So it's, that to me is the most fascinating thing about Clefbaum is what happens at the expansion. We've got a viewer in Toronto wants to talk about the Leafs and their decor and Jake Muzzin and Justin Hall. Back off with the Leafs. We'll get the Leafs. To, we're talking Oilers today. I'm, they're all, I'm already tired of them. They're insufferable, Gregor, and they haven't won anything yet. But, I, will, I will say that. Like, I really like Justin Hall as a defenseman. Like, he's one of those guys that until you watch him lots, he's really emerged. Plus, he's got great hockey hair, so that's a bonus. Yeah, it looks a lot like uh, DuPont that way. Here's the fun question I had for you. Are you an Oilers fan as an Edmonton guy, or doing talk for so long, has that whipped that out of you? Yeah, I'd probably go with the latter, Rod. Like it's, um, which is probably being good. Otherwise, it'd be go crazy because I have a lot of my buddies who are Oilers fans, and the last two decades have sucked. No fan base has witnessed more losses in the NHL than the Oilers. Right? Like, I, I looked up the numbers since the uh, the start of the decade of the two thousands. That's twenty years. Uh, Oilers have played like 1,534 games and they've won 655 of them. Like, ugh. so no, thankfully I'm, I'm not an order fan. Like John short, when I, when I got taught, he said, Hey, there's no cheering in the press box. And so, you know, like I, I, I root for, for the city because uh, if the hockey team's better, it's better for business. It's better for everybody around it. And that really hasn't been the case for a long time, except this team's different. Like the orders were a good team last year. And then they completely, did not play well against Chicago, but they'll learn from that. And they're better and they're going to be better. They're a playoff team. And I think they're going to be a consistent team now for the next four or five, six seasons. Can they win a cup? No one can predict that. It's, it's virtually impossible. Like two years ago, Tampa Bay just steamrolled everybody in the regular season and then lost four straight to Columbus because Victor Hedman got hurt at the wrong time of the year and the rest of the team didn't play well. So, you know, you need a little bit of luck to win a Stanley Cup, but I think Edmonton is finally trending to a position where you can say they should be a team that should be at least able to win one playoff round a year, and then after that, need a little bit of luck. 
Uh, by the way, Ricardo says it was just in a response to something you'd said. I won't say any more. Ricardo says, we're just having fun with you. I'm just saying the Leafs fans, just wait. If they actually win this thing, Gregor, I hope it's another 54 years before they win again. Um, viewer questions from Phil in Saskatoon. How about some love for Pujarvi? And do you like his game right now? He seems like he has a bit more bite in his game. And I also like the emergence of Cahoon. Let's start just with Pujarvi. He looks what they drafted. Hey. They're getting what they wanted. Hey, Rod, he's the poster boy. I, I had to, I wrote the, the I wrote an, arc, an article three weeks after he's drafted and it said patience. I didn't think he should have come over at 18. He wasn't ready at 19. Then at 20, you know, he ended up having the, uh, the bone spurs in his hip. So that kind of derailed the season. But by then the guy had been beaten down. He had zero confidence. Now he wasn't mature enough as an 18 year old. He didn't take understanding the language important enough. So that's on him but he shouldn't have been rushed to the NHL. It was a debacle from the get-go. The only guy at the time who really seemed to have any common sense in the organization was Todd McClellan because he knew the kid wasn't ready. He tried to send him to the minors and then they'd recall him all the time. And it was just, it was a waste. And you know, people mocked me when I said he should go to Finland for a year because he needs to regain confidence. If you don't have confidence, I don't care how talented you are, you can't play. Pogliarvi's come back. You know, he's a big, strong man. He's filled out his, his frame now. But, you know, his English is 10 times better. He communicates with his teammates. You know, he's brought his girlfriend. He's got a dog. So he's way happier off of the ice. But on the ice, yeah, like Pogliarvi's probably been their best puck retriever all season long. Like he's a big body, six foot four. He can skate. He's in on the four check. He's pissing off the opponent sometimes. We saw it with Roussel the other day. Like, Pogliarvi, who's not a, a dirty player, but he skates into the contact, you know, hammers Roussel kind of in the in the head, not even on purpose, and Roussel snaps. And, you know, Pogliarvi, as Dave Tippett said, you know, he's got to learn to protect himself a little bit better. But Pogliarvi's been fantastic. He is what I said he would be five years ago. Most European guys, Rod, you're looking 21, 22 years of age, before, especially guys who never played in North America. So th this is, should be a great learning tool for everybody. Stop rushing guys thinking that uh, because Connor McDavid and a few others can play at 18 or 19 that others can't. It's just, it's asinine. And, and the NHL still does it. It blows my mind. I was just going to say, they're all rushing them. I don't know why. And then it goes into junior. It filters all the way down, as you know, Gregor. Isn't it fun bringing in the viewers like this? I'm not sure if you do it as much with your show, but they want to know your thoughts on the Oilers reverse retros. I got to be honest. I thought somebody puked on my TV screen the other night between the Canucks. There's, yeah, I, it was just technicolor too wild for Dude, me. I'll say I like the order. The orders retros are actually only scheduled to wear them three times. What the hell's the point of that? Like that's a terrible decision. So last tonight technically should be the last time. Now I know the orders have contacted Lee because their fans for the most part love them. Most fans like their retro jerseys better than the dark blue with the thin orange numbers that they're wearing as their regular home jersey this year. That like that jersey I don't really like at all. Right? Like and here's the thing, like we can call retro jerseys like, how many jerseys do you have? I actually really like the orange pants, but in practice, they have a gray jersey that they wear with the orange pants. It actually looks a little bit better than the bright white, but obviously gray's never been a color of the order, so they wouldn't do it. But um, like, hey, I'm like, I'm traditional. Just go back to the blue with the bright orange. That was the That's the best order's jersey. There's no doubt in my mind that that's the best one. That's the one they should use. This new kind of mid-blue orange, ugh. Like, I don't like that one at all. But I do like the retro one. I wouldn't wear it every night, but I'd wear it probably at least another five times. It's a matter of opinion, obviously. I'm with you, McSorley, Kevin McClellan, Wayne Mess. That, if you could replicate that, do it. But I got an orange oiler jersey that I put 99 Gretzky on, and I've been nothing but abused by people going, you can't cross eras. Shut up. I'll wear whatever I want to wear. It's unique. I like it. But, hey, in the time we have left, I think you would like to talk more CFL, if you could, on the Jason Gregor's show on TSN 1260. Can you please, in the time we have left, tell me your take on if they are coming back or not, just what you think and what you know. Man, I love the CFL, and it sucks not having it last year. I wish they had a little bit better direction, if, if I'm being honest. Uh, I, I don't think they've done a great job. Just be honest and, and forthcoming. And I, I don't think there's been enough of that just yet so i would like to think like if you go back to last summer last summer we were able to do a lot of activities outside a lot more close to normal than we have been in the winter time so you know if you could look at cflc and, and say hey you're allowed a certain percentage of fans in, in each building and if that gets you up to fifteen thousand, well in some of the cfl buildings like 
that's a really good average. Obviously, Saskatchewan and Edmonton have, have averaged way more than that. But you know, even if it's only 20,000 in Edmonton because the stadium's so big, you know, that would still be fine. I, I think they need to play. My hunch is we'll see a CFL season, but it won't be a full 18-game season. I think it's going to be you know, maybe 9, 12 games. I think it's starting closer in the fall. And, and that's me thinking positively for them. You know, Hopefully, the uh, the double E action act actually have a team name by then. Like, How long can you drag out a team name? Like, My goodness. Like, Give me a break. Like, we all know the Eclipse sucks. We know the Evergreens is terrible. Like, just get down to the Elk Hounds or the Elk and move on and let's go. That, that's my biggest beef here is that the Double E has been dragging out this name for I don't know how long, and it's it's ridiculous. Like, it looks minor league to me. Just settle with the name and let's move on. Like, Elk Hounds is probably the best name for being realistic. It's unique. You can have a great mascot with it and move on. Plus, no one else has it. My guess is you're still an Eskimo guy, though. If you had your way, it would be Eskimos, correct? Or no? Oh, if I'm picking, uh, you mean a team to cheer for? No, 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 no. A name. <laughs> I would prefer. Oh, I would, um, yeah. You know, like, and, you know, that's obviously it's a tough subject, Rob, because you know you do a lot of research, and, and, and hey, some people are offended by it, so I can respect that, right? But I also see some Inuit people who aren't offended by it. So, um, you know, if. You, you could argue that they could go with Eclipse and just call themselves the Esks and be SC, you know, SK if you wanted to do stuff like that. Um, I'll be honest, I'm kind of past the point of caring. Um, you know, if they're not going to be called the Eskimos, like I was never like, oh my goodness, like that, that's the name. Like it, it's a name. Like people didn't like the Red Blacks when they first came out. And now people are like, ah, oh, the Red Blacks, it's all right. You don't mind it. So I don't get too hung up on a name so much, but I get hung up on the process of it. So they made a decision. They changed it. Okay, I don't have to agree with it all the time, but I can live with it. I can respect how some people feel that maybe it's offensive to them. Okay, I wish we would have had more conversations about why is it offensive to you. And because it offends 10% of people, do we have to change for them? That's probably a debate for another show. But the thing that actually offends me more, Rod, is that that was over six months ago. What the hell are you doing? Here we are. It's the end of February, and you still don't have your name. So just come up with a moniker, have courage and convictions, and move forward with it. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. Gregor, always, always fun, as you know. Thanks, my man. Enjoy the game tonight. Let's do it again soon. Hey, Roddy, uh, love it. I might have to watch Slapshot later on. Who owns the Chiefs? Owns, owns, owns. Thanks, Jason. Jason Gregor, TSN 1260 Edmonton with us from the City of Champions. Lots to come. Moose DuPont will be back in here with us. And uh, viewer takeover. Let's start it up next. Let's get it going. It's the RP Show, Game Plus TV network across all 10 provinces and 31 states. Live daily on YouTube and Facebook. And listen live for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. Welcome back, everybody. I cannot believe what happened overnight. Look at that telemiracle total over my shoulder, Dukes. I know. 315,000. Higher. Where are we going? We got a couple days left, man. And I was going to come in here today and say, can we hit 300,000? Can I ask you to hit 300,000? Shattered it. 400. Yeah. Can we hit 400,000 in the next 48 hours before Telemiracle 45 begins Saturday night? It's a Sasky thing. We're raising money for the Kinsman Foundation. Their slogan is helping people every day. And that's what they do. Improve their quality of life at Independence through gifts of mobility equipment and medical travel assistance. Call your Saskatchewan friends, e-transfer the money. Yeah, that would be good. If if the out-of-province people got their Saskatchewan people to buy their tickets, we would hit 400000 easily. Text producer Clark, transfer him some money. Do you want this? No, go ahead. (laughs) Telemiracle5050.ca is the website to purchase your tickets. One ticket for $20, five tickets for $50, 20 tickets for $100, or 100 tickets for $250. Look, you haven't spent any money for months. This is the Kinsman Foundation, okay? Nice guys run the Kinsman Club, as Lynch says. We're going to make the draw Friday night, announce it live on Telemiracle, just prior to Telemiracle 45 on Saturday. Darren and I are going to be there. This was another thing I was planning I wanted to say today was that my youth group as a kid in grade 12, we all came into Regina and banged on the doors to tell a miracle. We wanted to get in. It was a Saturday night. We couldn't get in. 
I guess once you're in, you're in. Okay. You're hunkered and in. And that for was the like night. 1989. Yeah. 1990. Think about that for a second. What do you think it's like in COVID now? I know. It's always been my dream. Are we going to stay all to night? To be at Telemiracle. I don't know. My wife's leaving town. I got all weekend free. So why would we not stay all night? We could. Telemiracle 45 this weekend on CTV. But more importantly than that, buy your tickets, please, today. Telemiracle5050.ca. Okay, so hang on a minute. Clark said the 5050 website crashed just now. So thank you. Just hold on and do it throughout today, and that would be great. We got finals. Make the final. Who says it? Oh, Vic Rotter. Saskatchewan winning over BC 8-7 in draw 16 this morning at the Mark and McPhail Center in Calgary. Sherry Anderson goes to 5-2 and two and qualifies for the playoffs out of Pool B. Against Saskatchewan 8, BC 7, Manitoba. Jennifer Jones, she's just picking up steam. Oh, yeah. Smoked New Brunswick 12-3 this morning. She goes to 5-2. and two. Was that their pre-record? Doesn't matter. She's rolling. That's 154th career win. Um, uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, PEI over none of it, 10-8. Actually, I got their records right here. Yeah, these are updated. Yeah. These are updated records. So PEI goes to five and three. None of it. Are we going to have that? Are we going to have the conversation? They're all in seven. How long are we curling Canada? How long are we doing this? Like, am I wrong? No, you're not. <laughs> Maybe we should face off on you that. You hope one time. day. But it's like the old Adams, right? Everybody needs a tune-up game. <laughs> I guess, a slump buster. Yeah. Yeah. The, I guess they keep putting a rep in every year, but they never win. And it's not just none of it. UConn, EB, they're winless. I just I don't know why you would want to participate. Uh, and Team Wildcard, Flurry, she went to five and three with an eleven two win over Newfoundland, who's now two and five. So those are finals uh, from this morning in our curling report, brought to you daily by Verge Agriculture, helping farmers plan and optimize their operations across every field. Visit vergeag.com to learn more today. So I'll just talk for a little bit here, and then we'll break and come back for the overtime segment. But our fun question today that's turned out to be way more fun than I thought, our poll question is, who's your favorite character from Slapshot? And the reason we ask is because today is the 44th anniversary of the movie being released. And uh, yes, Jason Greger is going to be contributing to the swear jar. His is goalie, Denny Lemieux. They're, as you said, all great. The primary mm-hmm. characters are the Hansons, Reggie Dunlop, Ned Braden, who I didn't even put in the poll because nobody likes Ned Braden. He was one of the main guys. Right. Michael Ont, Keen, who would later go on and star in Dante's Peak. Trivia question there. Or other. And most people are saying Denny Lemieux. Jim Carr's got a lot of fans. The radio uh, the radio guy. They're always good in those movies. Major League. Slap Harry shot, Doyle. You know, they're all good. They play a role. Uh, I, hey, A-Dog writes in and says, Football Friday. Yeah, I know. Check the calendar. It's tomorrow. I've been itching to talk about the football I really have, but there's not a lot going on. Fridays are saved for football, and we got a big lineup tomorrow. The voice of the Dallas Cowboys, Brad Sham, is going to be with us from Dallas, Texas. Tory Gurley, our NFL insider, and TSN's Dave Naylor is going to bring us what he knows about the CFL's return to play. He's the guy that broke the story about them getting their proposal together this week to go to the government. But anyways, that's tomorrow. When we come back, viewer takeover with all you want to talk about. That's why we call it viewer takeover. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network. Live on YouTube and Facebook. And listen live for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. 
and Moose DuPont. And the nickname Moose is catching on, if you haven't noticed. It is, isn't it? Uh, so, viewer takeover, as I said, all kinds here. I was saying, should we drop none of it in UConn from the Scotty's competition? Which, by the way, Briar, they don't have much better results there. Jeff, the Stamps fan, says, I remember making the same argument about the World Juniors and non-competitive teams, and you almost bit my head off. What's the difference with curling? The difference is that I'm a hockey guy, not a curling guy. So I don't know. I don't know. That's why I'm putting out there, should they be dropped? I'm saying in hockey, they shouldn't be dropped. So maybe if you use the same thinking, they shouldn't be dropped. Let's just beat up on them. What the hell? Right. Uh, Trevor Bazilo in Manitoba, in Winnipeg, he says, let's hear some Jets-Habs preview. Let's go. Winnipeg needs some meat. I like it. Well... I called it up here immediately. Here you go. Montreal Canadiens, 9-5-4, fourth place in the North Division. Visit the Winnipeg Jets, 11-6-1, third in the Scotia North Division. Tonight, 7 p.m., Bell MTS Center, Winnipeg. The bottom line, Winnipeg hosts the Montreal Canadiens after Pierre-Luc Dubois scored two goals in the Jets' 4-3 overtime victory against the Canucks. The Jets are 11-6-1 against the rest of their division, which I think is a stupid stat to put in there. Because that's all they play, but whatever. Winnipeg is the top team in the NHL with 6.1 assists per game, led by Mark Shifley, averaging 0.9. Who writes this stuff? Who cares that they're leading the NHL in assists? I'm just reading what's there. I know. Can you not find a better stat than that? This is coming from the Associated Press, by the way, but top performers. Mark Shifley leads the Jets with 10 goals. And 16 assists. Neil Pionk has 10 points over the last 10 for Winnipeg. Jeff Petrie leads the Canadian with 10 total assists and has 16 points. Philip Denneau has five assists over the last 10 games for Montreal. No injuries for the Jets. No injuries for the Canadians. There's your preview tonight of Bell MTS and TSN 3 will have the game. But I'll say this. Maybe we should do a come on official preview. I don't know who's favored. My guess would be the Jets would be favored. I don't know. I guess we could call it up. You're looking for it already? This is Montreal's first game after Claude Julien got fired. So what does that tell you? They're going to be playing guilty. Yeah. They're going to be playing with blood on their hands. They're favored. Who is? Montreal. And that's why. The odds makers, because if you look at the records, the Jets would be favored. It's in their rink. They have a better record. But it's Montreal's first game with a new coach. It's over. It's... Montreal's winning tonight, I'm sorry. Jake Allen's projected to start against Connor Hellebuck. Well, Carey Price sucked the other night. Well, Jake Allen's 4-2-1 with a 2-14 goals against and a 9-32 save percentage. So he's played well, and you're right, those first games of the new coach, I like that for come on, go to, you know, take the Canadians tonight. There you go. I like it. We got it in. The upset. You're welcome. If we're wrong, don't add us. Clark's telling me that he's hearing that Carey Price will start tonight. That's the tough thing for the betting websites. Mm-hmm. They never really know. It's a guess. Yeah. Uh, viewer takeover. Spicy. Phil Gross. You know him? Mm-hmm. In Saskatoon, he says, Pionk has been their best player. Love how hard that guy plays. My kind of defenseman. Bill Lothian says, go Jets. Ricardo, the Leafs fan in Toronto, says Montreal wins 4-3. I'm making a random call. We really got people going with the Edmonton team name discussion with Gregor. And I'm with him. I'm hypersensitive. Sometimes I think that I am too hard on the CFL, and it's only because I love them, and it's only because I expect so much out of them. I hope they understand that. So Gregor comes on and blasts the Edmonton football team for taking so long to name their team. I just don't want to say it, but I'll let him say it. What's taking so long? I don't understand. But they don't have tickets to sell. They don't really have merchandise to sell. Maybe that's why they're holding on. I don't know. I don't know. Richard's watching in Boston. He says, the Edmonton Enigma, a mystery mascot each week. No, no, no. I think it's going to be the elk. And I'm with Lynch. Somebody's going to roll up with a trailer full of elk and unleash him just before kickoff outside the stadium. And, and chaos is going to run amok around Commonwealth Stadium. That'd be awesome. I think the marketing avenues off the Edmonton elk are infinite. Mm-hmm. You do too, don't you? I do too. It's got to be the elk. I wanted Empire, but that's not happening. Yeah. Um, well, that the Star Wars thing would have been cool, but. 
Yeah, James in uh, Morden, Manitoba. He's one of our P1s. He says, did anyone see the TSN Top 10 Manitoba moments yesterday? It was cool. Yes, I saw it because watching SportsCenter is part of my daily routine. And they were great. It was Jennifer Jones winning. It was Jonathan Taves scoring an unbelievable goal where he walked through the entire team. It was all kinds of great things. And I'll be honest, I got a little jealous. I'm like, what would be the top 10 Saskatchewan moments? We'd have some great ones. Oh, yeah. There'd be a Getzlaff winning the Stanley Cup and the Grey Cup. There would be Gordy Howe. There would be Sandra Schmerler. I was just going to say, you'd mix there would be. There would be a lot. There would... Again, we sneak a Terry Poole in there with the Houston Astros. I'm not sure, but kudos to TSN for doing the top 10 Manitoba moments because it was really awesome. Manitoba's got some shit spot going here. They do. A-Dog writes, hey, Rod, what did you yak about on air last night in Albany? Was it lacrosse? I bet it was lacrosse. Lacrosse was part of the hour-long discussion with Ryan McCarthy, the host of the program on uh, Belly Up Sports last night in Albany. We talked a lot of lacrosse because they're getting a team in Albany in the NLL. The New England Black Wolves are moving there, and they're very excited in Albany. It's a big lacrosse town. Mm -hmm. They got a lacrosse program at the University of Albany. So we talked about that, and he is a, not a closet, he is an out-of-the-closet CFL fan, particularly an Anthony Calvillo fan. I think the CFL might have more fans in America than it has in Canada. It's quite well, just, just look at the population. Yeah. And they love football so much down there. Actually, I'll, we'll get into this tomorrow, okay? Because I remember saying to the writers, we should be marketing to North Dakota. We got two of their favorite sons, Ryan Smith and Weston Dressler. Let's put up billboards down there. Sell some tickets. We'll take their money. Shut up, Rod. Do the radio. Okay. Woo, I'll shut up. I guess the stands are sold out. Which they weren't. No. Uh, we're done. Thanks to Jason Greger and Any Lack. Any last uh, parting shots, Stoops? No, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Me too. Brad yeah. Sham of the Dallas Cowboys. Tori Gurley and Dave Naylor. We'll see you tomorrow, 11 a.m. Uh, Central and noon Eastern right here on Game Plus. You screwed up, Clark. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.